everyone, and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're talking about rondos. We're going to go over what a rondo is and why it's useful. But first, actually, we're going to talk about spying. Back in December of 2018, Werder Bremen and Hoffenheim were preparing to face off in a midweek Bundesliga game. Apparently, Werder Bremen wanted some inside info on Hoffenheim's training sessions, so they flew a drone over their opponent's training ground a day before the game. Hoffenheim saw the drone, which really isn't all that surprising. It really doesn't feel like flying a drone directly over a bunch of grass fields is the most subtle way to acquire some inside info, but I digress. Hoffenheim saw the drone, reported it, Werder Bremen got in a little trouble, and then issued a half-hearted apology and moved on. I wanted to start with this spying story because, number one, I think it's funny. But number two, I think it's fun to imagine what the Werder Bremen drone actually saw. It probably saw some players putting their gear on before training. It probably saw coaches going over the structure of that day's session. And I bet you it saw a rondo or two. During his time coaching Hoffenheim, young Julian Nagelsmann used rondos as a part of his regular rotation of training exercises. Now in charge of RB Leipzig, Nagelsmann still uses them in training. Not that I'm advocating for snooping, mind you, but if you flew drones over Leipzig's training ground now, or Barcelona's training ground, or Manchester City's, or Liverpool's, you would see a lot of rondos. Even if you look at some non-professional soccer practices, you'd see rondos. I've seen them done by youth soccer teams, elite youth clubs, and middle-of-the-road college programs. Rondos are everywhere. That's great and all, but what is a rondo? Well, a rondo is a soccer drill where a group of offensive players stand in a circle, surrounding a couple of defensive players. The offensive players are trying to pass the ball to each other, keeping it away from the defensive players. And the defensive players are trying to work together to win the ball back from the offensive players. Because the drill is held in a pretty tight circular area, the offensive team is given more players than the defensive team. It might be 3 versus 1, or 5 versus 2, or 6 versus 3. The ratio is pretty flexible. So if you imagine a 5v2 rondo in your head, you've got five players forming the circle. Those are the players in possession. Then you've got two players in the middle of the circle. Those are the defensive players. The five players on the outside want to keep the ball, passing it as many times as they can, or getting to a specific passing goal before they lose possession. Now, what happens if a player on the offensive team messes up and plays a sloppy pass or takes a heavy touch and gives the ball away to one of the defensive players? Well, the player who lost the ball moves into the middle and is replaced in the circle by the defender who won the ball. It's a cutthroat world out there, huh? Okay, so now we know what a rondo looks like. And we also know that a lot of teams use rondos in their training sessions. But we don't know why. Why are rondos useful? We'll get to that in just a moment. But first, I wanted to let you know that this episode of Soccer 101 is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Whether you're a supporter of the Red Devils, Blues, Citizens, Hammers, or Gunners, the easiest way to watch all English Premier League action this season is with ExpressVPN. Not only that, but ExpressVPN lets anyone in the world get the cheapest EPL subscription on the market. Instead of paying for an expensive cable package, you can watch all live EPL games and full replays for less than four quid a month on Peacock Premium. The catch? It's only available from the United States. So, for our British listeners or anyone outside the United States, that's where ExpressVPN comes in. It lets you change your online location to a country of your choice so you can access content that's otherwise locked in your region. 
You'll get access to all 380 of this season's EPL games, plus hundreds of shows like Saturday Night Live, American Ninja Warrior, and Peacock Originals like Brave New World. Just fire up ExpressVPN, connect to the United States, subscribe to Peacock Premium, and watch. Go to expressvpn.com slash soccer to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN free on a one-year package. And this goes for everyone, not just our international listeners. expressvpn.com slash soccer for three months free. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash soccer. Thank you very much to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode of Soccer 101. Now, let's get back to Rondos. At this point, we know what Rondos are. Now the question we're asking is why are they useful? As much as I would love to answer that question, I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to let one of the most influential figures in the history of soccer answer it. Johan Cruyff, over to you. Well, sorry, it's still going to be me talking because I'm the one reading the Cruyff quote, but, I mean, you could pretend that it's him. I don't know, that might work. Anyway, everything that goes on in a match, except shooting, you can do in a rondo, Cruyff said. Then he starts listing things that a rondo can teach players. Things like the competitive aspect, fighting to make space, what to do in possession, and what to do when you haven't got the ball, how to play one-touch soccer, how to counteract the tight marking, and how to win the ball back. It's a pretty long list. A rondo is a microcosm of a soccer game. I mean, what happens in a soccer game? On a macro level, one team has the ball, and they try to find space so that they can keep the ball and eventually move towards the goal. While that's happening, the other team doesn't have the ball, and they try to limit the attacking team's space and eventually win possession. Those same two things happen in a rondo. One group of players has the ball, the other wants the ball. One group is trying to exploit space, the other is trying to limit space. Everything that goes on in a match, except shooting, you can do in a rondo. And because rondos are held in tight areas and not on a giant field, they force players to do everything at high speeds. For the players forming the circle, decision-making has to be quick. They have to know what to do with the ball before it comes to them. And once the ball does come, the touches have to be crisp and the passes have to be sharp. Otherwise, someone's going in the middle. Today, a lot of teams like to pass the ball out of the back, even when they're under pressure. To do that, you need players who can make quick decisions and play quality passes. The Rondo teaches those things, or at least it refines those things. On top of playing out of the back, right now a lot of teams use off-ball rotations when they're in possession. The right back might tuck inside, and the right midfielder might shift outside. Or the defensive midfielder might drop into the left back spot, pushing that left back higher up the field. Because players often occupy a bunch of different positions on the field over the course of a game, they need to be able to contribute on the ball in those different spaces. Rondos can teach that too. In rondos, there are no positions. And sometimes, during those in-game rotations, it looks like soccer doesn't have any rigid positions either. It's really no surprise that Johan Cruyff was one of the biggest proponents of the rondo. As a key figure in the Dutch 1970s total football style that focused on fluidity and rotations and pretty much embodied the positionless soccer that we're headed towards today, Cruyff loved the ball. He played on teams that loved the ball, like Ajax, Barcelona, and the Dutch national team. And when he took charge of Barcelona, he coached a team that loved the ball. When Cruyff started managing Barcelona in 1988, he brought the rondo with him. 
He had his Barcelona players get in a circle and pass the ball quickly and precisely around a smaller number of defensive players. With his love for rondos, Cruyff changed Barcelona. He made them into a team that wanted to keep the ball all the time. A team that wanted to pass their way around opposing defenders on their way to goal. Cruyff's ideas and his rondos stuck. More than 10 years after the end of Cruyff's managerial tenure at Barcelona, one of his former players was handed the reins. Pep Guardiola played under Cruyff. He'd been on the inside and the outside of the rondo. And starting in 2008, when he took charge of Barcelona's senior team, Pep made the rondo a key part of his team's training regimen. His training sessions typically started with a rondo. Not as a warm-up exercise to get his players up to speed. No, Pep's intense, full-speed rondos served as the foundational element of his style of play. Pass, find space, one touch, split the defenders, find more space, and repeat. That was Pep's Barcelona, just like it was Cruyff's Barcelona years before. One of Guardiola's legendary midfielders, Xavi Hernandez, equated Barcelona's philosophy with rondos. It's all about rondos, Xavi told the Guardian in 2011. Rondo, 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 every single day. It's the best exercise there is. You learn responsibility and not to lose the ball. If you lose the ball, you go in the middle. Bum, 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 bum. Always one touch. Now at Manchester City, Pep Guardiola still uses rondos that require a lot of technical ability from his players. Coaches like Julian Nagelsmann or Jesse Marsh, who don't have the same romantic attachment to the ball that Guardiola has, or Cruyff had, use rondos to emphasize defensive pressing and transition moments. Many coaches will add offensive players into the middle to create an even more game-like feel. Or they'll add a directional element and allow the offensive team to move towards the goal after they've completed a certain number of passes. So instead of a straight 5v2 rondo, it might be a 4v4 plus 3. That's four offensive players on the outside, four defensive players on the inside, and then three more offensive players on the inside. The rondo has evolved, and it is still evolving. It changes as soccer changes. So many high-profile coaches and high-profile clubs use rondos because they can teach players about important things. Things like quick decision-making, precise passing, smart pressing, and aggressive transitions. But more than that, those coaches and those clubs use rondos because they mirror the game. That wraps up this episode of Soccer 101. Hopefully you now have a better understanding of what a rondo is and why it's a useful training exercise. I'm Joe Lowry. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening.